Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There we are. I can hear you, but I can't Gosh. see. Gosh, uh, you, you can't. Oh, hang on. There if we go. If you want to be incognito, that's fine. Oh, that's no, it's all good. <laughs> I like uh, like being visible. Okay, good. Yeah, I was for a long time. I was doing these uh, just audio, but it's kind of fun to be able to see who you're talking to, you know? Yeah, I know. I've done a number of them where they like have video on, but then they only record the audio. Like they're all, they only like put the audio to air. So yes, it's that's like, what I'm doing. Yeah, right Unless on. So it's like much easier to uh, well, with all my shit in the background and everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I know I kind of tidied up a tiny bit, but you know, I'm sure there's like wrappers and stuff back there. Yeah. Um, how are you doing? Oh, good, good. I'm just like, ever since my show went up, I've just been so not at full capacity. So <laughs> I just couldn't like, I was like, you know, my schedule is all out of whack. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that'll happen. So you're talking about... I'm just happy um, to. I'm happy to. Have, I was just like, oh my God, I almost forgot that this was at two and not three o'clock. So <laughs> here I am. I would have just been sitting here like, yeah, like uh, not doing it, you know? Yeah, I guess not. That's funny. Uh, yeah, so you're talking about your show, Pursuit of Happiness, right? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I was looking at that a little bit online. Is that in downtown uh, Raleigh? Yeah, that's where it is. It's nice. a storefront that I rented downtown. Cool. So how has that been like the process of I'm all about like doing things yourself. So I really, I admire that. How has that process been renting your own thing? I'm assuming you're having to kind of handle all the promotion and all that as well. Yeah, I am doing well. I mean, thankfully I'm outsourcing a great bit of the promotion to Aaron and Nick. So who I'm, you were in communication with, I assume. Yes, Um, I was. But yeah, so that thankfully because like oh that's that's like the best thing i ever spent my money on so i didn't have to think about it you know like all i had to do was focus on the logistics and get it going you know um that's nice yeah so that you know it's been it's been a learning experience for sure surprisingly easy and then also some unforeseen challenges that i kind of took for granted that now i appreciate galleries do you know yeah um so I'm like, wow, you know, I don't, I definitely don't want this to be my, like, I don't want to have a retail space at all, you know? Oh yeah. Well, I work with a, a gallery here in LA. Well, they're in Hermosa Beach, Chalkbox mm-hmm. and some of the behind the scenes stuff. And it's a different animal. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Being like skilled at sales, specifically art sales is very different from just being like, you know, having it on display and having people come in, you know? Yeah. I'm going to just um, paint and put my stuff up and then they can handle all that. Yeah. It's like, and I, I thankfully, like I don't handle sales myself. I mean, I do in a, in a way, because if someone comes to me, like I'll, I'll definitely broker that deal and I'm fairly good at it once it gets to that level. But in mm-hmm. terms of like engaging people up to that level, like I don't have that skill. So I have staff who does, does it. And one of, you know, I was about to say something I don't want to say like on a recording, but it, it's it. just it's <laughs> like, it, it's like, I mean, I, I, one of my staff is more adept at at interacting with people in that manner than the Mm -hmm. other like both of them are fine and i'm enjoying like been great 
And it's like, I'm, I'm also realizing that like, if I had it to do over again and I had more time, like I would maybe interview a few more people and see who had the best rapport with like, in terms of a sales thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like being, really being comfortable engaging with people and knowing when to engage with them and like all of that stuff. Sure. So, so. is one of these people, I don't want to put you on the spot, but are they more kind of tech savvy, more like internet based, or not so much um, in person? Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah. I mean, they are people like very helpful and very eager to, to do the job and very enthusiastic and supportive and loves the job, like, you know, being in there and does the job fine. It's mm-hmm. just like, I think the missing for me would it be like, it would be something like, oh, hey, you know, two these guys came in and we're at, like, I talked to them for a long time and they said they, they said this and this and this, and then they were kind of interested, but wanted to wait. And I said, great, did you get their info? And and they're, and she's like, no, I didn't get their email. I'm like, so I can't reach out, you know, it's like, (laughs) yeah. so if you have conversations with people, you've got to make sure that you get their contact information. Otherwise, like I can't do anything about it. It's like, it's a great story. It's like, I'm glad people came into the gallery and inquired and wanted to, you know, but it's like if I if I could have reached out to them, I could have funneled that into a into a purchase of some sort. If not today, then later, you know. Yeah, down the road, and it's so. one of those things where people are, if they're interested, it's hard to kind of get them to take that next step and then like re reach out, follow up again. That's kind of yeah. the burden should be on, I guess, the either the gallery or the artist, you know. Right, I and it like, is. A, I always it is like, like take away as many steps as possible. Exactly. Like what I do know is like you want to make the process is as quick and painless for them as possible and don't give them too much time to think. Right. You know, like, and if, if they do like want to go away and think about it, then make sure that you get their contacts so you can follow up with them. Um, because if you don't, it's like, Hey, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to like maybe look at the catalog some more and talk or talk to my wife about it or whatever. And like, I'm like, okay, well, great. And it's like, you need to go away and confer and make your decision or whatever. But I want to be able to be like, Hey, you know, I think that that's, like people sometimes, I mean, I do the same thing where I'm like, I need to think about it. And then I get that follow-up email and I'm like, Oh yeah, that thing that I was going to get, like, I'm going to go ahead and get that now. Yeah, You know, it's human nature. So, um, and sometimes it's like, especially if you're making a purchase of that like level of seriousness, which is like a, a piece of original art is a not cheap and be like something you're going to live with for a while. Yeah. I understand why you would want to have, it wouldn't be a decision that you would want to make frivolously. But right. also, you don't let people go that easily. Like, you don't just be like, okay, like, are you interested in something? Like, yeah, but I think I'm going to think about it. All right, well, come back anytime. You know, it's like that's. <laughs> no, it's not going to work. Like for me, yeah. you know, I have a potential collector in New York and mm-hmm. they reached out to me, followed up with me, sent me pictures of their place. I've mm-hmm. like Photoshopped pieces in there and yeah. reached out to them many times. And even with them, it's hard. You got to really take out, <laughs> take over at some point. Otherwise, they're still going to lose interest or just get busy with their lives, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like people get busy. And I, I feel like, you know, pe- sometimes artists especially can be uncomfortable with the hard sell, you know, because yeah. like, well, if they were interested, they would ask for it. It's like, well, yes and no. But I, if they're not interested, they'll definitely let you know. Yes. You know, so like, as long as they don't explicitly let you know they're not interested, then you can keep following up as many times as you feel like it's fair to do, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good lesson for artists. I was like that for 10, 12, 14 years. Like I just was like, well, if they're interested, they'll come to me and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll show me. And well, no, they're, they're not going to, I mean, they, they might yeah. express their interest at the beginning, but the burden's on you to kind of at least, you know, follow up and talk with them and make them interested in, in your work even more. Tell them about your process. I know a lot of artists don't even want to talk about their process. They're like, no, no, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out on their own. It's hard to do. Like, I mean, it's hard. Like I've hosted visitors in my gallery, like on a, by appointment, Sometimes I just don't know what to do. Like, I'm like, I do. I, I want to let them look around and then ask questions. Right. I don't want to like lead them around and be like, so <laughs> this one, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm not a docent, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little, un- I mean, it, that is uncomfortable, but. It is uncomfortable. You know, you just, I have gotten more comfortable, like point blank asking people. So like, are you interested in something, you know? Yeah. Interested in anything today? And most of the time they'll be like, well, you know like we're just we just want to look at the work and not in a position to buy and I'm like yeah great okay we'll keep this keep the list and take some time to think about it and then I have their like now that I make sure you sign the guest book all that yes. stuff that's what I was going to say because at the end of the day because at the email? end of the day it's like at the very least I get their email address and so yeah. I can 
maybe that maybe today they're not buying, but like, maybe I have something going on and they're on my mailing list and I like push that out. And then later on down the road, that translates into a sale of some sort. Well, yeah, the mailing list is great because Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where it's like a kind of subtle reminder, even if you're not reaching back out to them specifically about a sale, this is what I'm doing right now. And then they're like, oh yeah, that artist that we really liked, we we never ended up buying something. It's just a nice little reminder. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so I saw you had some sales going on the show. Mm -hmm. It's been pretty, uh, pretty successful. Yeah, it's been pretty successful. I mean, well, opening night was really the most successful. Like I made the bulk of my sales happened on the night and I've sold a couple of prints since then, but like walk-in traffic has been challenging, especially for, um, I mean, a myriad of factors. Like I know that downtown isn't quite back to normal in terms of people people being like, people aren't, well, it's not that like people are still, well, they might be, but Mm-hmm. offices aren't back um in person yeah um like most people are still working from home and, and so like you don't have it might continue yeah so you don't have like the weekday traffic that you usually would get like around lunchtime and stuff and then the building that i'm in is mm-hmm. having renovation done on the exterior so there's a bunch of scaffold and everything around so it's oh, harder to yeah. find mm-hmm. so there's that as well hasn't that hasn't done me any favors and then it's july so like everyone goes out of town and ungodly hot downtown. Like nobody, like I, if I had a day off, I wouldn't be going downtown and walking around in the heat. You know, I'd be going to the lake or whatever. Well, not to mention the people Um, who aren't freaked out about COVID still, they're like, all right, let's get out of town. Let's go do something. Yeah. It's like, definitely like, let's go to the beach. Let's go to the, you know, river or whatever. Um, Yeah. So, but what we are doing is we're going to change our hours for the last, so we're open for one more month and I'm going to revert to weekend hours only and then extend the hours because I found that weekend evening, the times that I've been open weekend evenings, like I've extended hours for, there was a block party going on and I stayed open. Oh, nice. Um, and I got like 40 people off the street. So in cool. like over the two hours or so that I was open. Um, well, it's actually really cool too, that you made a lot of sales on opening night because mm-hmm. I think that's something that people, a lot of artists think, Oh, well, you know, I'll make a lot of sales on opening night. In my experience, it doesn't happen very often because the gallery is full. People are like talking. You don't have a lot of time with a piece. It's like they come back and spend some time with it by themselves later. And then they'll buy, I mean, you'll get the odd sale here and there, but because you know, the fact that you've got quite a bit of sales on opening night yeah. is a testament to the show probably. Well, we actually, I mean, we did, we did great. And my assistant Janelle is excellent in that environment. Mm-hmm. So like she was just running around, like turning and burning them like real, real fast. So, and I had a lot of people come to opening night who like knew what to expect and knew my work and everything. And like all but one of the buyers or people that I had known or previously met, you know? Mm-hmm. So like fantastic, you know? That's great. Um, yeah. Congratulations. And awesome. I made my, I made, I made back my expenses for the most part. I Are definitely you? made rent. Oh, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you broke even and then some. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I cleared break even. I just, I'm not quite sure how much, by how much when I factor in all the additional expenses, but I know I cleared it. So, and you still got like, you know, I'm like, month. okay, I can breathe a sigh of relief. And now I can like, I'll have the month of July to figure it out. And then yeah, by August, I'll be like, you know, professional. <laughs> and I'm sure some of the people who, you know, are still thinking about buying a piece when they see that it's getting close to the end, they're gonna be like, Oh, now's our chance. So I'm sure yeah. I've got a few sales near the end too. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Have you been doing any like online sales through the show or are you pretty much kind of funneling it right, right through the space? I have, I've moved my print sales online because I know I can handle that. Um, mm-hmm. I will wait until the show closes to move the originals online. Okay. But I will, I will be putting them online. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I'm not sure about is like how to handle like large pieces and higher price pieces, like going for yeah. sale online is makes me a little, little bit nervous. I mean, I know it, it's done, but yeah. um, it's funny that you bring that up because I, I just sold like one of my biggest pieces online <laughs> off day. of your own website. Uh, actually through um, it's through a third party site, but they only take 15%. So it was a good sale. Mm. So I, but I, do, I do a lot of online art sales and I was, mm-hmm. that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about because um, I do also show in galleries and I'm represented by a gallery, but I still get like 70% of my sales from, from online. I was interested if you were interested in that, or if you're kind of taking a more, you know, traditional approach to. Uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely interested in that. I think online has really blown up in the last couple of, like 
I know online art sales was always like kind of the last thing to catch up in terms yeah. of like legitimacy or whatever, but like, especially since COVID happened. Oh yeah. On steroids. Um, yeah. People are more willing to to buy online and, and do virtual galleries and stuff. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm all, I'm all about it. And I, I would be interested to know some more about how you do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can talk. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. But um, for me, it was like, I was happy that I had that kind of infrastructure because when COVID hit, like I was able to not like skip a beat and, and keep selling, mm-hmm. which, is good, which a lot of people were scrambling at that time. I, I mean, I love it. I, I've got collectors all over the world. It's like changed my life. So yeah. I still recommend people doing, you know, in-person shows. Like I really, I'm, I'm happy you were doing that. That solo yeah. show. That's awesome. It really is. I mean, there's nothing like seeing an art, a piece of art in person. Oh you yeah. Can't, you can't just look at it on a virtual gallery and and have seen it, you know? Right. And if you've got texture and the colors are different, exactly. it's hard to, it's hard to match that. Plus just, just getting the chance to be in the same room with, you know, potential collector and talk to them is great. Yeah. I mean, I remember the, the first time I went to Miami for, for Basil and I'm mm-hmm. like looking at pieces by artists that I followed for so long. And then, and it's like mine, but it's like, it's a completely different emotional experience to see the piece and be like, it's like that, you know, it's tangible. Yeah. Well, sometimes you don't really know, the power of the piece until you've seen it in person. Like mm-hmm. I, I've had the, I don't know if you've had the experience, but people that I follow that I've seen in person, I'm like, Oh, okay. This is a little different. And then I've had people that have blown me away in person. But uh, I wanted to ask you about, I always talk to everybody about their origin story. Mm-hmm. So how did you get into art? Like you can, you can start as early as you want, take as long as you want. How did I get into it? I mean, I, I, uh, I was born into it. I would say like I was mm-hmm. born with a, uh, like John Henry. Born with a paintbrush in my hand. Um, so like, uh, you know, I didn't, I wasn't in a, an artistic family or anything like, you know, my, but my mother was a singer, like an opera singer growing oh, wow. up. And so by the time I was born, she was doing te- like teaching. So, so mm-hmm. she was kind of like, like understood that, but like, you know, neither of my parents are artists or anything. So I just started drawing at an early age and was fortunate enough to be supported and encouraged. So I just, you know, kind of assumed the mantle of artist early on and, and followed that where it would, wherever it would lead, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, always, I was always kind of able to get attention for my art when I wanted attention, you know, mm-hmm. and made it kind of that, that's like the card I would play whenever I like was introduced to new people, you know, <laughs> but then, you know, went to SCAD for college and then ended up in like choosing an illustration as a career path, just thinking that, I don't know, as far as, as far as commercial ways to pursue art, that just seemed to be the most natural one. And then after a while, I kind of, I, I wasn't quite into the, it it was a little rigid, like the Mm -hmm. illustration world, I found it to be a little rigid. Um, And so I ended up like I got a job doing storyboard art for ad- advertising, like straight out of college. And I did that for three years. It was an Oslo based agency. So I lived in Norway. Doing like storyboarding that. for films? Uh, ad- uh, commercials, like television oh, commercial, commercials commercial. and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, oh, I like my role was basically to visualize the early stages of the concept for pitches, like client pitches. Mm-hmm. And then beyond after that, I would, that was the extent of my participation in the project because it would go to film or go to whatever, you know? Um, did you do that r- remotely or did you move? No, there? I worked in, I worked in an agency there. Okay. So I lived there. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, which was a great experience, but again, like after a while, you know, it just started to feel confining again. And I didn't feel like I was, I wasn't really going anywhere with it. Mm-hmm. You know, three years in the same job doing the same project like day after day you know? Yeah. Were you able to do any of your passion projects? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was thankfully, um, I had enough time and space and resources, um, to be able to do my, to pursue my own stuff. Um, but you know, there'd be periods where I was only doing my own stuff and I was going into work and cause there wouldn't be, you know, something, you know, it's like they're, they're all in end stage working on their stuff. And it's like, we don't have anything new right now. Like, so um, so eventually it kind of, you know, when I was hired, it was the, I was the first and only illustrator, like in-house illustrator in Nor- like in Norway at the time. Cause they were like, oh, wow. well, we don't all, every time we need illustration, we always either outsource it or we do mock-ups like ourselves, you know, but they really liked my stuff. And I had done a, I had done a freelance storyboard for a bank and they like the client just 
loved it. And so they hired me on the basis of that. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. They were just like, Oh, well, we see the possibility of like illustrate, like we could just take, like, you know, we have this idea, Taylor, draw it, you know? <laughs> um, but then after three years, it was just kind of like everybody started to know, like I knew and they knew that it was kind of not feasible. Like it doesn't, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to keep an in-house art artist on payroll when we were, I was only being used half the time. Right. So, so they like going with more like freelance people. Well, so, I mean, that was the, the economic crash of 08 happened. And then like two years later, the ripple effect started to hit like mm-hmm. Norway. And so that's when they started to reevaluate their finances and they were like, well, you know, you know, we might have to let you, let you go. Um, and I was at the time, I was just like, thank you. I would love to, like, I would love to be cut loose <laughs> because like, oh, I, no. I want to, I want to go home, but I was too, I wasn't going to make that move on my own. You know, yeah. I was going to, I might've, but it might've taken another year, you know? Right. So then I went to Australia on a, on a whim, a friend of mine was <laughs> going and I, tagged along on that ride and then I ended up staying there for two years Um, and that's when I got and that when I got when I went to Australia Melbourne Australia is when I where I lived um and that's when I got into what I'm doing now nice started so yeah um, so I got sorry go ahead no no no, I interrupted you yeah now I just started story yeah it's like the um the the kind of confining nature of what I was doing before I found like I found a way out of that through street art and through commercial murals. So, so. Did you, you started getting, how was the, like the transition into getting like commercial work? Like how did you first get your, your first paid mural job? Um, what was my first paid mural job? That's a good question. Like, I don't actually remember the first time <laughs> I got someone, like someone paid me money to do a mural. Mm-hmm. it must have I'm been I, you know, obviously, right i did get i did get paid work in australia but it was all like i mean i was still selling i was selling artwork in fairs and i was doing mm-hmm. commercial like i was i was with i got picked up by this like boutique agency down there who was oh nice had their hand in kind of commercial street art urban art kind of projects so i would do you know of course i did a lot of I did a lot of free work as you do when you're starting out. Um, yes. And I did participate in a lot of the festivals, which were, you know, unpaid, but like the, the, the reward for it is the connections that you make. So I was thankful for those opportunities and everything. And so like my, the, the festival participation was really kind of my way into larger work, like being able to demonstrate that I could have do larger works. And then from there, it was just kind of like, Oh, you know, at some point murals became, regarded as a good investment for cities and businesses and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started getting a lot of corporate interest and city sponsored mural projects. But before that, you know, it's like, I know I, like, I I certainly know that I was earning money, but I was not earning much, you know, Mm. like um, it was just kind of here and there. So I, I would say like my career in the last five years has become consistent. Like, yeah. like I, where I, I know that I'm going to be inundated with projects from one week to another. Yeah. It takes a long time yeah. to, to get to that point. I oh yeah. People I mean, think like, they're just going to like jump in and like, Oh yeah, I'll just start doing, you know, street art, mural art, I'll get paid. I'll, I can make a living off this, but it's just like anything else. You got to pay your dues. You got to get your work out there. Of course. Yeah. I mean, people always ask like, you know, how do I break in? What do I do this and that and the other thing? And like, how do I price my work and all that stuff? It's like, yeah, like, these are important things to like, it's important things to know how to do early and also understand that when you learn how to do this, you're going to be doing this consistently for another 10 years, probably before it's like, before you're, before you can really say like, yes, I'm a full-time professional artist and this is how I make my living. Yes. There's probably but, like the one out of, you know, a million that gets lucky or whatever, but mm-hmm. most people are the, you know, 10 year overnight success. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, even though, yeah, exactly. And like, even the ones that you see, that you're like, wow, they blew up out of nowhere. It's like, they didn't like behind the scenes. They were no. like from in their mind, if you ask them, did it happen for you overnight? They'd be like, no, I've been trying to, I've been working towards this for 20 years or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I quit my day job after 16 years, Yeah, you know, and I've been doing it full time for over five now, but like, yeah, it took some time. It, it just takes time to figure out your path and what, where your little niche is, like what you specialize in. 
mm-hmm. you know, how to talk to people. I mean, there's just so much. <laughs> there's so much. Yeah. But yeah, it's I crazy. mean, it sounds like you completely, you know, understand that. And and I think a lot of younger artists don't understand that now because they just want to be able to like push a button and be like, I'm there. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like, oh, so how do I how do I get to do what you do? Like, can I do it now? I want to do it right now. You know? Yeah. Um, it's like, well, it's good luck about you know, like maybe <laughs> you're a maybe you're a virtuoso and like someone will pluck you out of obscurity and give you like the tall building projects and but it's it's doubtful, you know, you have to like I mean, I don't like the idea of earning your way in necessarily, but it is, mm-hmm. it is like that. Like, you know, you don't, you don't just get to like show up and it's just not, it's, it's just not that easy. It's not, no. you know, it's not as glamorous as it looks either. You know? You, no, it's not. Yeah. As I always tell people, it's not like super sexy behind the scenes, you mm-hmm. know, but I mean, everybody online is always showing you their highlight reel. So it kind of looks sexy, but yeah. I think, um, I think it's also just like, learning how to do what you do, hone your craft and like repeat that. Like, okay, just that alone. Can I deliver? Let's just say you're a mural artist or whatever, a street artist. Can I deliver on this project? Okay. Now yeah. can I do it again? Exactly. <laughs> you know, I and again I would even say like the one thing I would want, you know, it's like people are like, what's the one piece of advice? And I always say something about, I don't know. I don't even know what I say, but like, now that I think about it in this context, I'm like, you know, the one piece of advice I would give you is like, no project is going to be the one Yes. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not going to be the one, like you're not going to do this project and then everything is going to work out for you. You're going to do this project and then you're, you might hate it and you're going to have to live with it. And then you're going to have to continue, like then you're going to do another project, you know, oh, yeah. it's like, yep. or you might love it and you might think this is the best thing I've ever done, but then you expect the world to change after it's done and then it doesn't and you get depressed, you know? Oh yeah. It's the, it's the come down. Yeah. The post, yeah. whatever post creative post-creative come down. I used to get deeply depressed after every project I would do Yeah, because I think I had, because I had that expectation that it was like, this is the one that I'm for. I'm finally going to prove myself. (laughs) And after this project, like then like it's going to open up and I'm just going to have this smorgasbord of opportunities. And that doesn't happen. Like, it's just like you do the one and then you complete it and you do your best and then you move on to the next one. Yep. And sometimes, especially early on, the next one might not be obvious just then, you know, like it might it's not like, be like, okay, but now, cause now I'm like, okay, I'll do this project. And then two weeks later, I'm going to do another one. Yeah, exactly. And then you when know? you look back after 10 years, you see how they kind of stacked up and you go, okay, mm-hmm. there was like an mm-hmm. evolution there, but I had the same thing. I mean, I always talk about this, but like I had this Obama thing where I did like 12 portraits of the president and I got to go to DC and give them to celebrities. And I was like, I'm done. Like mm-hmm. once I do this, everything will open up for me. And yeah. what, what ended up happening was it was a great opportunity. It was amazing. It's one of the best things I've ever done. And then I came back and I went back to waiting tables. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck, man. Like now I, I, I got to just start over. You know? Yeah. So you're just like, yeah. And if you, you know, I did, I had one project that was where I was like promised. It was my first like big name client. Mm-hmm. And I was promised a whole bunch of press that like, never oh never materialized God. it was like we're gonna we're gonna put you in this magazine that magazine this article like new york times arts blah blah blah, blah. and i was like wow like wow. and Isn't i believed it? it because it was like this big big company you know and then like it just didn't happen like it just didn't happen the project kind of like fizzled out like a wet match you know oh, and no. like it, it happened like the project got completed and everything but like they had this launch this like press release for the this launch of this project planned and then they just didn't i think some stuff happened behind the scenes that I'm not too clear on and they just dropped it. Oh, wow. So like, well, and they probably had every intention of doing that. I'm sure they had every intention of it, but they ran, we ran into some pro like, I mean, I I'm clear on some of the problems that we ran into, but then there were there, I think there were others that I wasn't even privy to, but like corporate was just like, what are you even doing on it? Like, what is this project? You know, it's not important. So like, don't focus on it anymore, you know? And it's like, well, Hey, what about me? You know, like, right, right. I like, I put all this time into it and like, this was supposed to be, this was supposed to be my moment, you know, all of that. And then at the end I was just like, well, I mean, yeah. okay, well, I guess I'm just going to keep doing more murals because there's no other opportunity. Like there's no other option, but like, Oh, and it hurts. I've got like, to get over it real fast, you know? Right. I mean, that's the lesson, right? Is okay. Mm-hmm. You just got to build a bounce back, bounce back, bounce back because yeah. I mean, I, I know that deep depression where it's like, what am I even doing? Like, I thought, you know, I've been working so hard for this. It didn't pan out. And now I'm just like, I got to just keep going. 
it's, I mean, it's a good lesson. I think it weeds out certain people who are mm-hmm. not going to kind of have a career in the arts mm-hmm. because like once they get hit by a couple of those, they're like, Oh, well, screw this. I'm out. I'm, I'm doing yeah. something else. But anyway, uh, I'm sorry that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so water under the bridge. Now you're now. doing all right. So you know, now I'm doing uh, fine. So like, and now you probably have developed that tougher skin too, you know, uh, much like, I just don't, I just don't get to come down. I mean, I do get, I do get a little scatter brained and addled by, you know, the post show thing, you know, and sure. like, like I was saying that as soon as my show went up, I stopped functioning for mm-hmm. like three weeks and I'm still like much more forgetful than I usually am now. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I, th- I think that's just a consequence of like being in so intensely focused for such a condensed period of time. And then having it just kind of like open up and be like, Oh, where do I anchor myself now? You know, you even though I have kind of, tons of projects and stuff, it's like, but the show is still going on. So my attention is still partially with that. And then now I've got like a bunch of projects and I'm all, I'm in the same phase for all the projects. So like the planning, pro- like, so it's just a little, so for me, I'm just like, I've got to stay focused. I'm having trouble staying focused on this because I have yeah all this well, other it things. It takes your energy from all these other things you could be doing too. And then those mm-hmm. kind of like just back up in your brain, like, Oh, I, I, okay, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to pick this up when I'm done. That's what I'm always doing. I'm like, man, I've got so many things I got to catch up on. Cause I'm, mm-hmm. I envy you in, in a way with the assistance. And I know that's a kind of a recent thing for you, but yeah. um, I've been, I've been needing that for a while. Cause I do all my own shipping, all my own painting, all my own podcast stuff, all the gallery stuff. It's just like, yeah. it's too much. It's just too much. It's a lot. I realized that I was like, I could, my life would just be better if I could outsource half the things that I do. Like yeah. if I made, you know, I was thinking about getting an, I've, I've been thinking about getting an assistant for a while before I got Janelle mm-hmm. and like, I'm still figuring out exactly what she's going to be doing for me, you know? Cause like, right. Cause I giving up the control too, right? Exa- that's, the, that's the thing. I was like, the <laughs> thing that, the thing that has always stopped me from doing it was like, I don't know if I am organized enough to be able to outsource certain Mm -hmm. things. And I don't know if I would want to give up that control. So like now I'm training around how to respond to clients. And that's really hard for me like her, because like, she's going to not pretend to be me, you know, but like, (laughs) I was like, here's, so I gave her a client inquiry. Like I just forwarded it to her and I said, write up how you would respond in a document, like a Google doc and send it to me, you know? And then I like, then she got it. And then I got the red marker and I was like, this is a little, um, (laughs) <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm so like such a control freak about my language yeah, and, and how people, and when people are writing on my behalf too, I'm like, I know that this is your language and I want it to sound more like this, you know, like yeah. I want it to sound more professional. Completely. Yeah. And I'm like, reorder these questions. And I was, I was actually pretty good. Cause I was just like, well, ask this question in a more personal way because you're wanting, you're having a conversation, like, not like it was something really impersonal, but it was like, what, bi- like, what business is this for? You know? Mm-hmm. And I said like, you know, this is a conversation. So say like, you know, tell me more about you. Like, and tell me more about your, but cause the inquiry was very like, I have a wall. It's this measurement. Can you give me a quote? And I'm like, who are you? Like, who are you? Like, I want to know who you are and like what your business is about and whether it's indoor or outdoor or whether the wall is primed already or whether you want me to add that service in to my because it has to be done so it can either be done by you or by me for an added added cost you know and so it was like and like all of these questions and then so she sent it back and I was like okay well this is why like you should ask this question in a more personal way and then ask these questions before you ask those questions because it just it flows better this way and like all of that and like she appreciated the the training and everything so I mean there's still a couple of things I would want to tweak like she sent back a revision I was like that was much better and then I changed it more and sent it to the client, you know, so it was like, but it's just kind of like, okay, so if I want to have you do stuff, like you're very capable of this, this, and this, this, I would want a little more practice on before I like fully trust you to like respond to my emails. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, but like, that's all just a matter of being willing to get up control and then travel there and stuff. But like, as far as like packing and shipping things, like, holy crap. Crap. Like I did a I'm print so run. Specific about that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I did a print run, and t- it took me like um like a month and a half to get through all the orders. You know, and yeah. it wasn't even that many. Like it wasn't even that. Many. It was like twenty orders, and it, like yeah, but it's a lot when you're also a, busy. It's too, a yeah. lot because yeah. it's like I also had to do all this other stuff. So, mm-hmm. 
Well, and then you also want to put your, like, I don't know about you, but I put my personal touch on like everything I send, you mm-hmm. know, like a personalized note and mm-hmm. things like that. And it just takes time. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. Like I don't have, I don't have the time to do personalized notes for everything. Yeah. I send like extra stuff, like send stickers and stuff like that. Like, I guess I wouldn't do a personalized note on a print. On yeah. Orig- on original. On an original for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, for me too, I mean, even like Instagram or something as simple as editing the podcast, I have my own flow and I'm like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I've thought about outsourcing that. And I'm like, I don't know if I would trust somebody to even edit the podcast. Right. So I'm a little bit of a control freak too, when it comes to that. But, um, it sounds like you're ironing out the kinks and it's going to be working out for you. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm like, she right now she's full, she's basically full time. Well, she and my other employee are in the gallery and I'm sort of like using that time while they're sitting there, not getting visitors to like train them up on email <laughs> correspondence and stuff, but yeah, that's train, good. train Janelle up anyway. And then um, I think I'm going to start her off on like one day a week in the studio and then maybe one other day a week, like doing whatever else and see where we go. See how we see how we go with it. Yeah. And is, is she an artist by any chance? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the other fear. Like, what happens if they go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm done now. <laughs> I got to redo, I got to retrain somebody new, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, no, but nothing lasts forever, I guess. Like right. everybody eventually moves on, but yeah. like, I mean, I just like the artists tend to take the work more seriously. Mm-hmm. It's like, Definitely. because they, because they like want to be in a job that pays them money, but they want to be around art. Yeah. And so they're like, I have found at least like people who aren't artists, I have a hard time communicating with because they, you know, I'm trying to be like, because artists will instinctively understand why certain things are a certain way in, t- in the context of like my studio work and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like not an artist is just too busy being like, wow, like, like <laughs> right. enamor- enamored of everything with the artist is just like, yeah, it's art, you know, okay, this is great. And it's really good. And I'm really honored to be here, like working yeah. for you, but that's also a job and I'm taking it seriously because I'm here to learn, you know? Well, not only that, if they're an artist, they're going to be applying this to their own work at some point. Exactly. Right. So it's like, so a given, they're, yeah, it it's like they're getting more out of it than just like X dollars an hour. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I wanted to ask you uh, to describe your work a little bit. I know people can check you out. Well, let's do this early on. Where, where can people check you out? Um, easiest place is Instagram. My handle is Taylurk, T-A-Y-L-U-R-K. Um, and then my website is taylorwhite.art. And my website's linked on my Instagram as well. Um, like Instagram's probably kind of home-based because that's where I put the most content most frequently, you know? And but, you have a link tree, right? So you have all your- Yeah, I have a link yeah. tree. So like everything is there. Um, so, and then, yeah, Instagram and the website, I think are probably the, the best places to go. To yeah. I like how when you go to your more. website, you're promoting, or when you open it up, it's like, boom, here's the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I try to make it as clear as possible. And yet I still have people being like, is the show still up? I'm like, you obviously haven't even like, clicked on. If you want to like, you want to like do some research before you ask me, but yeah, I don't know. I, I can't, I got to be a little compassionate because I do the same where I'm just like, it's easier to just blurt out a question. Yeah. Like when, I, as soon as I think of it, rather than like try to find the answer before I ask it. Yeah. Well, people are busy, you know, that's yeah. the thing that I always try to remind myself is especially online with social media, people are just so not focused and bombarded mm-hmm. with so much crap. It's like, if they can, if they'll click through to anything, then that's, you've kind of done your job yeah. right there. So, yeah, I mean, it's like I, it, the, the one that I can't really abide as easily is like when I say something like, you know, hours are, it, this is where it is. The hours are in the bio mm-hmm. and people comment like, where is it? Or they'll be like, what, what, when is it open? So what are the hours? I just said like, so what are the hours? Like, this is the address. It's in the (laughs) caption. The hours are in the bio. So one button, like it takes you way less effort to find the hours by clicking the link in the bot, like going to my Instagram page than by like waiting for me to respond to that question. Yeah. So like, I don't quite get that, but I mean, I I do that either. You know, especially nowadays people are pretty good at being able to navigate that. If you can't go to the Instagram page and just see that at the top. Maybe you shouldn't be on social media. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so are you, would you say, oh, well, first of all, I wanted you to explain your work. It's kind of like a, how, it's weird because I know you don't consider yourself like a pop surrealist, but there's definitely elements of that, I think, in there. You're mm-hmm. a figurative artist. There's a lot of movement. 
there's a little bit of a design aspect to it. Would you say that's pretty accurate? Yeah, I would absolutely. And I appreciate that interpretation. I, I mean, I guess what I've defaulted to is abstract figurative mm-hmm. at this point, you know? Um, and like, obviously there's like, there's a lot of kineticism and energy in it. And, yes. uh, and like, you know, I guess I like, I kind of like the nod to pop surrealism and somebody else else asked if there was like a nod to like vaporwave. Mm. And I hadn't mm-hmm. thought about that, but I was like, yeah, it's probably fair because, you know, I, I mix a lot of those internet elements into my work because of it, you know, the, the nature of what I'm interested in at the moment, you know? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so like the, the kind of garish colors and digital motifs that are kind of speckled throughout the work and, and stuff like that, could be, that's probably a fair assessment, you know? And then like, what else was I going to say? I, know, I lost it. I'll well, I'll jump in back. while you're thinking yeah. what, so I, I, you've done a couple like augmented reality murals, mm-hmm. right? I sure that- have. Yeah. I've, I've, well, I've done, I've completed one and, and the, another one is in progress. Oh, cool. Now, is that something that you, I'm assuming you have to have like a screen to be able to see it. Like if you point your phone or. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. visible through a phone. And so like, I know that there are ways I haven't, I haven't gotten into producing my own augmented reality, like programming that, you know, like all of that has been outsourced. Yeah. So when I did the Google fiber project that was outsourced to a, this agency out of Portland for mm-hmm. some reason. Um, and then. Cause that's what Portland does. I guess. And then <laughs> the, uh, but then this, this one that I just did downtown a couple months ago is being worked on by a, a local guy. Oh, cool. Um, so, and I, I don't actually, I haven't actually been in touch with them lately. So I'm curious where they are in that process, but. Uh-oh. I know I know it's still going on because they're scheduling like interviews and stuff for the next week and everything. But so, but I know that there's pro like you know I, an artist friend of mine, human, is doing a lot of AR work that she's actually, to my knowledge, dabbling in her like producing herself because you can use this program called Spark mm-hmm. to do it. Um, and so I think that's probably the next thing. Like when I get a moment, so like, another be, one too, be curious about and like try to figure out how to do my own thing because that's a controlled issue too. It's like when, when the Google fiber project came out, I was just like, I was pretty disappointed with how it turned out get, mm-hmm. given like all the information that I gave them and given all, like all of the meetings that we had and all of the like support and validation of the ideas that I gave them, I got in the, in the moment and having them be like, Oh yeah, actually we can't do that because the technology isn't there. And I'm like, oh, well, wow. if you had, if you had told me that at, from day one, I would have done a completely different thing. Yeah. Or so now it's like, it. yeah, I was like, I, I designed the project based on the idea that we could do, you know, this list of things. And we had like months of meetings about it. And then finally the project came out and I could tell that they were just demoralized by the whole project because they realized they couldn't do it too. Oh, and then no. they like, and then they like presented it and I was like, what the fuck is this? I mean, it's like, oh, if, if I didn't have that expectation for, I, you know, if I didn't have the expectation of what it was going to look like and then saw it, I would probably be impressed because I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Like it doesn't, you know, I never thought that you could actually like, Oop. but because we had all those talks about it, I was like, listen, this is not what we talked about at all. Like. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then, and then it was like, well, we can't really do anything about it now. Um, <laughs> right. You know, it was like, this is it. And so I was just like, like maybe if I had my own, maybe if I had that skill, like I wouldn't have to deal with crap like that, but yeah. Well, and it's a um, skill that you'd have to develop too, you know, it's like, all exactly. The I mean, it, you know, it's like, but I, I think that the spark program is pretty intuitive from what I can get, have gathered from what I've heard from other people, mm-hmm. but I, I can't say it's like, Oh, all I, it would have been so easy if I just went into this program. I don't know. And did like this, that, and the other thing. And then I could get my vision out. It's like, I probably would be frustrated too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and like, the bottom line is that project was not what it should have been plainly and simply. So, um, that's a, but that's another example of giving up a little control. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and maybe being disappointed by not being able to do it yourself. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, just having to be okay with it. It's like, okay, that project is out there. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. And it's good. Yeah. It's just not what I expected it to be. It's not something you wouldn't like promote. It's not that bad. It's not something I wouldn't promote. No. Um, like I'm not, hiding the they are but it's, there's not much to promote at this point because mm-hmm. it's like it it was put into a google play app 
and then it was never expanded to iOS. Oh, really? And I don't have a Google Android phone, you know, so I'm, like, right. and I'm, I'm not going to get one just to promote this AR thing. Oh, wow. So like, I don't think most people, that? I don't think so. Huh. I think that's just a dead project. So interesting. it's still out there. Like people can still access it, but it's like you have to, in order to access it, you have to know about it. And then you have to download the app to your Android phone. And then you have to go, like, go there. It's so, like what we were talking about before. It's like giving them more steps to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people don't. I don't know. It's it's so hard to get people to do anything. Yeah. Um, do you think augmented reality? Like, I, I have it on my website, for example. Like, just basic. If you're trying to buy a print, you know, you can put it on your phone and point it up at your wall. And oh, this is how I was going to look on my wall at at a certain size. Um, that's really cool. But do you think that type, like the project you're talking about, do you think that kind of augmented reality has a major future? And then, kind of a sub question. Are you doing anything with NFTs at all? I hate oh. talking about NFTs, but yeah. like, it's like all most artists are talking about, it seems like. So maybe we should just talk about it a tiny bit. Um, yeah, I, I think that augmented reality is an interesting concept. And I I thought for a second it was going to take off. And then the NFT kind of came in and swooped in and distracted everybody. So mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, I think, you know, compared to the NFT right now, augmented reality seems a little cute. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like, oh, look, I can like hold up my phone and blah, blah, blah. And then, but the NFT is like edgy and cool. Oh, like, yeah. you know, supposedly. Right. Um, I'm not, I'm not interested. Like, frankly, I'm just not interested in NFT. Like, I think it's a fad. I think, I think the concept that it's built on is not a fad and mm-hmm. will go somewhere. But I think like, you know, everyone's jumping on this whole like NFT art. And I'm like, you know, you, it's a digital art that you, display like i don't i don't i don't quite i don't get it um and i don't like really if you have a screen in your home and you're just going to display pieces of nft art that you own i mean that's fine that's but like i also think it's a fad i think the bubble has already burst a little bit like yeah people are doing are still like i've got a friend who's actually doing fairly well with it but it's like for me it's like it's a whole i said how much time does this take up he's like oh it, it takes up a lot of time and I'm just like, I don't yeah. know if I want to completely, I don't have the energy to, to get into something else right now, but I, I don't think NFTs are going to be like the answer for a lot yeah. of artists, maybe some. What do you um, think? Yeah, I think, I think like, I think it'll be good for some people, but like literally everyone is now jumping on it. And like, yeah. and so when you have everybody flocking to a thing, it's like, it loses some of its luster automatically, first of all. And then it's like, you have people do making NFT work who maybe aren't suited, like maybe their work isn't suited to NFT work. Like I would, right. I think it's probably like a boon for artists who work in the digital space and have worked there forever and have yeah. had their artwork not taken seriously because it's not like real. Yeah. Then all of a sudden Beeple shows up and is like, yeah, fuck all of you, you know? <laughs> um, and I thought he like, he deserves every bit of what the attention he's getting for sure. And he actually showed like way back like, like a year ago or more a year like he showed it like the nft display format that he had been working with it was like mm-hmm. plexiglass and like whatever and i was like actually like you would get me to take that seriously if it was like that but if it's just like an lcd screen and some digital animation and that's your nft that you're hoping to make like these 60 million dollars off of then it's like i mean i'm not super interested in that but um, yeah, i'm not sold on it but I will say there there is one element that I think, at least I heard about another artist who was doing this and they were, you know, they were actually making it work for them with your murals. Like it's another way, because you know, it doesn't have to be digital. It can literally be a picture. It doesn't have to have any moving parts or anything. It can just be like a print almost. And um, you could almost sell pieces of your murals that way. But yeah. I, I hear you. I'm like... I, I still, I, everybody tells me to get into it. I started, I've started and stopped so many times. I'm just like, I'm not there. I don't think it's yeah. something for me, but it could be, you know, who knows? I, don't know. I think, you know, it's like they, whenever I did this augmented reality mural and I don't want to, I don't want to go too much into this because it's an active project, but like they yeah. floated the, they, they floated the idea of making it into an NFT. Mm-hmm. And that was like, right. Kind of at the end of the crest of the hype. Yes. And I was just like, uh, I just said no. I was like, I don't, first of all, this is an augmented reality project and we probably don't want to like distract from it by trying to cash in on this NFT thing that most of us probably don't 
know enough about to like do it successfully. Yeah. And I don't want to turn myself into a joke. So. Right. Right. Well, that's the um, weird thing too. Like people like abandoning their normal art practice and just being like, now I'm just a pure NFT artist. Yeah. Well, you better hope that it works out for you. Cause like if you, for somebody like you or me or people that I know that are actually making a living doing art, mm-hmm. um, that's a, that's a big risk to just go, okay, now I'm focusing on something completely different that I have no idea if there's going to be a viable future for. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I just thought I would ask, I don't want to talk about NFTs too much. Some, yeah. I mean, <laughs> some people are getting really into it and like, I can tell that they're having a good time. So like, yeah. fine. like, you know, it's a little bit culty at the moment, which is probably fine for the people who are involved in it because then it's more control of a controlled environment for them yeah. to like trade in. So yeah, but you're right. It's just, a, it's a flooded market right now. So mm-hmm. even if, even if there is money to be made, how do you even get seen right now? Right, it's exactly. Crazy. It's like if I were really if I were really a diehard and I was really into it, like I would just wait for that the noise to filter out and then the serious people will remain and then you can like get to work on stuff. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. All, all you NFT people out there, pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to talk a little bit about uh, business because for me personally, that was a big thing when I when I made that transition from being like the whatever tortured, starving artist person to like, okay, I can actually take some of this in my own hands and, and learn about the business side of it and, you know, kind of direct my career a little bit. That's when everything opened up for me. And I was like showing work. I was in galleries and I was, I was doing, but I just wasn't making a living. How important is that to you making your art a business? And, and do you think of it as being like an entrepreneur? Um, actually, would you, would you give me a second? Cause I just noticed something oh, sure. that I might, I might've messed up my schedule a little bit. And I, oh, no again, like I was, I was talking about how I'm like forgetful and I had two back-to-back things coming up. Like I have, so I have an, another interview scheduled like right now. Oh, really? Well, we, yeah. can, do, we can do kind of like a quick uh, summary to, to end if you want. I don't know how long we've been going. Would that, I mean, would that work for you? Because I don't oh, want to, yeah, yeah, like, I, I think that this, like this next one is probably yeah. is one that they had had trouble scheduling. And so I don't know why it got pushed like right to now, but I just, jotted a note to them and just saying i'm gonna be a little bit late but well, no no that. i'm just gonna say real quick so for for people listening we're gonna kind of wrap this up pretty quickly but i'm gonna do just can i do like a couple rapid fire at the end because that's what i was in with yeah sure let's do okay. that awesome um so i ask a, a number of questions one i'm just gonna say okay so advice to your younger self coming into the business or in life or whatever do you have anything that you would impart on your younger self yes i mean i think i said it earlier too the the biggest thing is, well, I'll say like in the broadest sense, like not everything is about you. So right. <laughs> like relax. And then secondly, like, again, like not, now I'm going to pivot from that. I'm going to say whatever you're fixated on right now, that's taking all of your energy is not going to matter in even like a month. So, Oh yeah. Like, maybe a week. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. Maybe a week, maybe it's like, you could, you could allow this thing to matter for another year or you could let it go and focus on the things that, um, Oh, good. Hang on. I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to redo that answer because I just got noticed that they're late too. So oh, okay, I think great. Good, okay. Yeah. So like, I'm gonna, um, just, I might, uh, I might keep a little bit of this in because I always love putting the, the real in the podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, okay. it's like, it's the one thing that I'm, starting to realize is making my life a lot easier is like, I'm, I'm still, I'm like able to be, I'm kind of being accountable to all my communication, you know? Oh yeah. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I want to be like, you know, I know that I scheduled this and I probably made a mistake thinking that it wasn't going to run over, but I need to make sure that I still can can get to that and not blow it off, you know? And I will say right now, I don't ever give any, I'm like, I don't ever say, oh, it's going to be an hour. It's going to be two hours. I've had people talk for three hours and it's like. Yeah, totally. It's like, this is a a much more like relaxed environment. And it's just kind of like, sometimes when I have a bunch of things scheduled, I'm like, I don't really know what certain things are going to be. So it's like, it could be like, it could be a 30 minute conversation or it could be like a three hour long chat. So. Right. Right. But anyway, so, okay. So we'll get back to it. I know you still probably have to go pretty soon. So, um, so advice to your younger self. Yeah. So advice to my younger younger self is not everything's about you. Mm Mm-hmm whatever you're fixated on that's taking your energy away from the things that you should be doing, let it go. Cause it doesn't matter. And also like, not, this isn't the thing that's going to make her, this, this thing like, isn't the thing. It's not important. It's not the thing that's going to make or break you. It's just like, 
it's just a thing. So, you know, just calm down and stop worrying. Thank you for that because I, I was having one of those moments this morning. I was just like so fixated on the problems that I have right now with like a collector and then with like a, a commission and, and and I was telling myself, don't worry about it. It's, but telling yourself is hard sometimes. So hearing it from you <laughs> kind of reinforces it. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. And and you just keep going and, and, and later on you look back and you go, even with the problems, it's like it happened for a reason. It turned me onto this or it made me make this decision, which I wouldn't have made otherwise. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. So, um, okay, well, I'm going to give you maybe one or two more. Uh, give we'll me a few go. more there. I, I know that they're running late too. So, okay. Um, okay. So we're, we're all, we're now. all square. Yeah. It's like, Oh, Hey, by the way, she's running over. And I just said, Oh yeah, me too. Don't worry about it. So we're, we're fine. I'll, I'll let this naturally end. And yeah. then, um, you can blame me for to it too. One. It's fine. No, that's like, okay. I was just talking so much. Well, um, it's like, you know, people, it, it happens all the time where it's like, I'm 15 minutes late and I just assume that you're 15 minutes late. So like, I'm not going to say anything about it, but I don't, yeah. I make it a point not to do that. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm distracted by the fact that I'm late. So I'm going to not step over it and I'm just going to like respond to this and then mm-hmm. get back to you. So we can finish it. So, <laughs> okay. I appreciate it. it works. Yeah, no problem. So, so I heard one podcast you did. I don't know if I listened to the other podcast, but I kind of heard a little thing about a relationship with LA. I'm, I'm in LA. Yeah. It kind of, I kind of heard like a love hate relationship, which I think most artists in LA also have. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to hear you uh, talk about that. But do you feel, I got the sense that you kind of felt like you needed to make some appearances in LA and you had some problems with some galleries and stuff. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I think, I think I would soften that a little bit. I have. Fuck LA. <laughs> yeah. Fuck LA. No, I, I, I enjoy visiting LA. I think I would have a hard time living in LA. Although yeah. I think in another life, if I had made that choice, I would have been able to handle it. It's just like, it's not my favorite place in a long, like to be in a long-term basis. My brother mm-hmm. lives there. He lives oh, yeah. in Los Feliz. Yeah. He's, he's happy. I mean, well, he's as happy as he can be. Sure. But it's like, to live in LA. yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. he's tunes pianos for a living and has all this, all kinds of great stories, but he oh, like, cool. you know, he's having as a piano tuner, it's hard to make ends meet. If you have the cost of living that LA demands of you so it's, it's hard to make ends meet almost doing anything yeah so yeah. exactly so it's like unless you, you have to work a hell of a lot harder to get half the you know i think it's like the risk reward gulf is greater so like mm-hmm. if you are if you hold out for the rewards if you're able to get to that level like it pays off like astronomically well yeah right but if but if you're not if you don't get there then it's just that much harder and so many people don't. So right? like, yeah. And yeah. so I just made the choice long time ago that I was, I didn't want to put myself through that stress. Mm-hmm. So I just went a different direction. Well, and I think also, but, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I want you to add to that. Cause I did want to, I did want to actually answer your question. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> Go for it. but like, I do, I do think it's harder. I do think there's a lot more as much, as much as there's more opportunities, there's also a lot of more noise and it's a lot harder to get seen. And if you're not in the LA scene, it's also harder to be taken seriously by people in LA. So that's what I ran into where I was like, I would go out there and be like, hi, I'd like to meet you and talk to you about my like artwork or whatever, meet you first, like meeting you would be like the primary goal. And then circling around to the fact that I'm an artist and we have something, a mutual interest in common, like, you know, would be secondary, but also the ulterior motive. Right. Right. Um, so it's like, so I'd go out there and it'd be like, everybody knows each other already. I do know a lot of these people. And so like the more people I know and the more people I got to know over time, the easier it became. But like the first few years I'd be like, hi, I'm Taylor. They'd be like, you look like you're from out of town. You know, <laughs> it's, oh like, it's like, it's like that. I mean, like it, dick. Yeah. Well, it's just, it was just kind of like, I mean, I would go to, I, I, I went into a, a one gallery that I won't name. And he was like, the guy was like, this work is great. It's not going to get you attention out here. Whatever, and man. and I was you like, know. okay, so what's your point? Like, and then he also said, like, if you were in LA, I could put you in a group show, but since you're not in LA, I, I like, I could put you in like, not in our gallery, but in some other galleries that I know. And I'm like, well, what's like, we have like the mail is the thing. Like, mm-hmm. what are mm-hmm. you telling me? Like, what are you telling me? Because I'm not in 
if I'm not an LA artist, like you're not going to put me in a group show in LA, even though you exhibit international artists all the time. That's such BS, so by the way. I just kind of ran into that. And it's like, I'm, I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was bullshit, but it just like, it kind of deflated me a little bit because it made me feel like, uh, you know, there was no point. Well, yeah. The, the one thing that I, I was struck by when I heard you talking about it, I was like, you're absolutely right for the most part. And secondly, most artists who live in LA feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it has well, nothing to do. Like basically everybody in LA is still like, stay out. We don't need you. Mm-hmm. We have way too many people. Well, it's a hardcore environment and I think it hardens the people who are there too. It's like, I don't, I don't necessarily malign almost anyone just because I understand how hard it is. And I'm seeing from the outside that it's like every artist that I know who seems to be doing great, like struggles, you know? Sure. Yeah. So especially if they live in LA. Mm -hmm. So like, that's all, you know, I, I would love, I will, you know, when you guys stop acting weird about COVID, I would love to come back and visit and get more into the art world yeah, again. But like all about stopping acting weird about COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, are, is there some people who just want it to go on and on forever? You know? Yeah. And uh but anyway, yeah, I there's, some of there's, us are not there's money in that. Weird. There's money so, in it, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But also I just think I'm so tired of talking about, I'm more tired of talking about COVID than I went NFTs. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm going to stay away that, but some of us are not weird. Some of us are, are open and we're going out, we're doing things, we're doing shows. If you ever get a chance to come back to LA, check out Shockbox Gallery. Okay. I think you really dig it. And they're very open-minded to non-LA and Hermosa Beach artists too. So, um, and I, I, I work with the gallery a bit and uh, Mike Collins is awesome. I think he would, he would dig your work too. Yeah, um, sounds great. Yeah, awesome. And then one last question before you got to go. Okay. I'm going to let you pick it. I have superpower oh. to create. I've got daily routines. I've got biggest failures and what you learned from them. And I've got goals for the future of your art. Any of those get you? Um, I think I'd be able to answer daily routines in the time limit that I have. So I found that I, if I stick to a regular schedule, like a regular daily schedule, mm-hmm. um, I get a lot more done. I don't stay up late. I don't even work past seven most nights. Um, I like I get up in the morning around seven o'clock, seven thirty. Let the dog out. Get my coffee. Probably I try to read or do mm-hmm. something like stimulating like that. And I, you know, about you know seventy percent of the time I won't look at my phone while I'm doing that. But sometimes I do. You know, mm-hmm. um, try not to look at my phone in the morning. Yeah. Again, like then while I'm reading, my dog will come out in from outside and start begging for attention. And so I'll play with her for a few minutes and then feed her. And then I'll use a pit bull mix. Okay. And then I will uh, go open my laptop and get to emails. And then it takes me maybe to about 10 o'clock and then I'll eat breakfast or something. Um, And then I'll go into this, I'll I'll either I'm out doing errands or whatever, or I'm like in the studio doing whatever I have to do. And Mm then, or, and my routine is completely different if I'm on a mural project, but I'll, that's different. That's a different conversation. But so like, I'm in the studio probably from like 11 to two and then I'll eat something Mm -hmm. and then like let the dog out again, play with the dog, et cetera. And then. Uh, from go back in and I'll work until probably six, six 30 mm-hmm. and then I'll stop and start making dinner and then I'll be done for the evening. And, and then I go to bed at like, I go to bed at like 10. Yeah. That's so pretty similar it's like, to me. Yeah. It's like a very like old lady routine, but it, it worked. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I shifted from stand up till five in the morning to now I go to bed around 10 30. I get up at seven also. Uh, mm-hmm. I just find that I get so much more done. How much of your actual day do you spend creating or how much of it is like, you know, business stuff? Uh, it, it really depends on the day. A lot of times it's all admin and sometimes I'm able to like spend a bunch of hours creating stuff. It just kind of depends. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll let you go. Thanks for coming on. And if you ever yeah. want to do a round two, cause I know we had a lot of stuff. Let's, let's come back. Let's actually circle back. Cause I'd love to like, I mean, it sounds like we could dive into a lot if we had the freedom to do it so i'd love to to schedule another thing with you if you'd like yeah let's do it we'll do um we'll put this one out as a little uh taste and then we'll do another one down the road all right sounds good i'll be in touch this has been the living artist podcast thank you so much for listening 
I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here, and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.